So I'm going to be continuing today with Pastor George's message from last week. So I'm going to go back to the book of James, chapter 1. Now, Pastor George left off at the end of verse 27, but I'm going to go back to verse, I'm going to read verse 21, and then I'm going to skip ahead to verse 26. Verse 21, James chapter 1. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Verse 26. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So Pastor George last week ended on caring for orphans and widows in their distress. And today I'm going to be focusing on the second part. Refusing to let the world corrupt you. In the Message Bible, it says to guard against corruption from this godless world. Because you know what the Word says about the world? It says to be in it, but not of it. Why? Because you know who the Bible says is the God of this age, of this world? It doesn't say Jesus. It says that the devil is the prince of the powers of this age. And if you don't believe it, just go outside and, and look at the way people treat each other, the way they talk to each other. Turn on the TV, and every reference to God is mocking. Every time they portray a Christian, it's always to look like a fool. Why? Because this world, the, the, the systems of the world, the entertainment industry, the financial system, the political system, is sewed up by the enemy. And we as the church have been called to invade it. Like Pastor George has been saying, we're called to be the light to this world. But you know what's happened instead? is that the world has invaded the church and we become more and more like them. And I've got some statistics to prove it. This was from some studies done on Christians. I'm talking about Christians who say they believe the Bible, they're born again, they worship God. Fifty percent of all Christian men and 20% of all Christian women are addicted to pornography. 40% admitted to being involved in sexual sin in the past year. The National Coalition to Protect Children and Families went to five Christian colleges to see how the next generation of believers were doing. 48% of the males admitted to current pornography use and 68% of males said they intentionally viewed a sexually explicit site at the school. A new study conducted among born-again Christians in their 20s and 30s found 
that 30% believe that cohabitation, abortion, sex outside of marriage, profanity, pornography, same-sex marriage, and the use of illegal drugs is morally acceptable, or in other words, the opposite of what God has intended has come upon the American church. You say, we're supposed to go out there and be examples and be light and gradually begin to see people turning towards God. But instead, we become more and more like the world. Just like if you read the book of First and Second Corinthians, the Corinthian church was just like that. And Paul had to rebuke them. He said, don't become like them out there. Let them turn to you. Let them become like you. In a few weeks, we're going to be doing the baptism. But let me give you the class right now so some of you won't need to be there. You know what baptism means? You get dunked under the water. And you know what going under the water is a symbol of? It's a symbol of dying. Dying to the old person that you used to be. Dying to the sin. Dying to everything in our lives that, that isn't pleasing to God. And then coming up out of the water is a picture of where we should be. Resurrection life. A new life. Walking in the holiness of God. Becoming every day more and more like Jesus. Boy, this is one of those feel-good Sunday morning messages, right? It makes you feel all, all warm and fuzzy inside. Well, not, those are the messages I like to preach, but every now and then we need to speak truth. Pastor George always likes to bring a quote. Let, let me give you a quote by a great theologian, Katy Perry. She's a Christian, she's a singer who grew up in the church. At one time, she put out powerful worship CDs. She walked with God. And here's what she said in a recent interview, talking about her Christian upbringing. At this point, I'm just kind of a drifter. I'm open to possibility. My sponge is so big and wide, and I'm soaking everything up. And my mind has been radically expanded. Just being around different cultures and people and their opinions and perspective. Just looking into the sky. That was her commenting on her Christianity. She said, I've got past that Bible stuff. Leave the, Oh, that's narrow-minded. All, all that stuff I learned in church. Now I'm like a sponge. I just go into every nation and culture, and I just take in all the ways of the world. I'm just so open-minded. And I'm not saying this to judge her. We pray for her. But that, that same attitude is too prevalent among the people of God. You, you are a sponge, but you're only a sponge to soak up the presence of God. Just as we stand in worship, you want to be like a sponge to take in, let the atmosphere of heaven begin, begin to soak in. But we're not a sponge to the ways of this world. We have to guard ourselves. 
Here's great theologian number two, Cameron Diaz. See, I, I know all the big preachers out there. You see, you thought I didn't. Here's what she said about marriage just this past week. I think we have to make our own rules. I don't think we should live our lives in relationships based off of old traditions that don't suit our world any longer. Or in other words, the Bible that we preach every week is irrelevant. It's old-fashioned. It's passe. It's old school. It's played out. Get rid of it. God wants to do a new thing, and that is do whatever feels good, whatever fits into your situation. Let me tell you, the Word of God is not irrelevant. If you don't, if you don't believe it, go out into the world and see the destroyed lives, the broken families. If you think that marriage is outdated, look what happens to the children when they go from one relation to the next to the next. And by the way, if you're not married and committed with a piece of paper that God honors, do not call your boyfriend, your husband, or your girlfriend, your wife. And your boyfriend is not your children's stepfather unless, they, unless you've got a ring on your finger and they're committed to those children. That's the way of the world, and I'm sick of hearing it in the, in the church. A place of holiness. You see, we had such a powerful worship time today. You could feel the presence of God. Beautiful music. Beautiful singing and worship. But unless you leave here and it's done something in your heart to change you, unless things are broken off of your life that aren't pleasing to God, then it's not worship, it's just music. Unless it brings you closer to a walk with God. That's not what worship is. Pastor George did a whole series a few years ago on what true worship is. That it's, it's making your life a living sacrifice. It's every day saying, God, if there's anything in my life that's not pleasing to you, take it away. See, I'm passionate about this. Not because I'm judging everyone. I hate that judgmental, self-righteous spirit. But because I want to see you walk in victory. You know what sin does? And what is sin? Sin is doing anything that Jesus wouldn't do. It, it brings you into a place of defeat. And the same cycles over and over and over again. I want to see true freedom. True freedom is not only about dancing and waving banners. It, uh, freedom doesn't mean I live any way that I want to. Freedom means that nothing can hold me back. My past can't hold me back. The sins that I've committed, they, they have no more hold on me. That's what true freedom is. But do not allow that mindset of this age to begin to take, have even a foothold in your mind. Those things that Christianity, that, that stuff, that's for, that was good for the last generation. That was good for the grandparents. But it's just not relevant to the world today. That's why the world is the way that it is. 
I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, and then I'm going to skip to Hebrews 5, so you can just listen. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 1. But for now, friends, I'm completely frustrated by your unspiritual dealings with each other and with God. You're acting like infants in relation to Christ capable of nothing much more than nursing at the breast. Well then, I'll nurse you since you don't seem capable of anything more. As long as you grab for what makes you feel good or makes you look important, are you really much different than a baby at the breast, content only when everything's going your way? Hebrews 5.12 You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's Word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. You see, it's time for the church to grow up. You hear that sound? I don't want to hear that sound in the church anymore. Oh, it's too hard to be a Christian. Oh, nobody likes me. Hey, make that a little louder. I like that. You know what that sound is? That's the sound of a whining church. God is calling us to a place of maturity. And what is Christian maturity? It means I stand for what's right. In my marriage, I'm going to stand up for do what's right in my marriage. With my children, I'm not going to abandon them. I'm not going to walk away in their time of need. It means when I make a commitment, I'm going to stick to it. It means I'm going to be a man or a woman of my word. You see, when I look at all these different ministries and people on TV... See, we don't even need to tape. I've learned something in the last 20 years. I'm not impressed anymore by beautiful teaching. I don't care if someone prays for somebody with no arms and they grow out, or they pray for a blind person and they get eyeballs. If that person is not walking right with God, unless you're a man or woman of integrity... Unless your lifestyle matches up with the word that you're preaching. And you know, you don't have to be a preacher. You could be going out to work and telling people, oh, I love Jesus. And then living the same way that they do. Not knowing right from wrong, just like a spiritual baby. You see, God is calling us to a whole new place in the Spirit. I I, I believe that this church is ready. 
You know what Jesus said? He said, if your arm causes you to sin, cut it off. And if your eyes cause you to sin, pull it out. He's not speaking literally, so nobody do that. But what he's saying, what he's saying is that sin will destroy your life. It will destroy your family. Don't, what he's saying is don't tolerate it in your life. I know very well that we all sin. We all fall short. That's why I'm not judging you. If I did that, I, I, God would point his finger right back at me. That's not what I'm doing today. That's not what this is about. This is about a call from heaven. It's a call for the church to rise up and be an example to those people out there. That's why Jesus said, either be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. You can't, there's no half-hearted Christians in the kingdom of heaven. Oh, when they feel like it. I'll serve God when it's convenient. There's a radical call going out from God to be a true example in your, worst, in your workplace. To do what you said that you're going to do. To fulfill your promises. When you give your word, to keep your word. I'm going to read one more scripture in Matthew 23. See, the verses that we've been reading is talking about religion that's not pleasing to God. And Jesus confronted the religious people. You know what their names were? The Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were people filled with religion. Do you know that the, as soon as they woke up in the morning, they, they, had a, they couldn't walk more than 10 feet before washing their hands as a religious ritual. They said prayers every time they ate. They wore these long robes. They said these beautiful prayers that would make you cry. Everybody looked up to them as the great men of God. Let's see what Jesus had to say to them. Matthew 23:23 You're hopeless. You religious scholars and Pharisees, frauds. You keep meticulous account books, tithing on every nickel and dime you get, but on the meat of God's law, things like fairness and compassion and commitment, the absolute basics you carelessly take it or leave it. Careful Bookkeeping is commendable, but the basics are required. Do you have any idea how silly you look writing a life story that what, that's wrong from start to finish, nitpicking over commas and semicolons? You know what Jesus called them? Hypocrites. We throw that word around a lot. You know what a hypocrite means? Literally, it's a Greek word for an actor. It means I pretend when I'm here in church. I say, God bless you. I wear a cross. I carry the Bible sometimes. And then when I go out there, I live like hell. 
but I put on a good show. That's what a hypocrite is. Or a hypocrite is someone who on the outside seems all nice and holy, but on the inside they're filled with corruption and hatred and unforgiveness. And what did Jesus tell them? You tithe every penny that you get. Even if they had like some spices in the house, they call out the bookkeeper and make sure that they tie their 10% on that. And he said, it's good that you do that. The Bible talks about tithing. I believe in tithing, giving your 10%. And right here, Jesus said, you do good to do that. But if you're just doing those outward things, and he said, but you're forgetting about the important things, love and justice and righteousness. Here's what religious people do. They shout what God has whispered in the Bible, and they whisper what God has shouted. In other words, what happens with with that false religious spirit. What becomes important? What kind of clothes I wear? Whether women should wear makeup or not. Should women shave their legs? Can you get a tattoo? What kind of style of worship? Oh, that music. Oh, that's that's not God. And they sit and argue for hours and they'll condemn someone for wearing a hat in church. I was once in a church where they threw somebody out. Uh, who wasn't even a Christian because he he wouldn't take his hat off. That is not holiness. That nitpicking stuff, is that's not what holiness is. Holiness means that I walk in the love of God, that I have a pure heart and clean hands. It's about how you treat each other. So this this isn't one of those religious messages that Jesus condemned. In this church, we don't sit and evaluate. Oh, you listen to that kind of music. Oh, why are you wearing those clothes? Oh, no. We don't wear, oh, those are not godly clothes and this and that. And you argue forever and ever. Yes, God does have something to say about clothes and, and appearance and different things. Those are the things he whispered. But the important things we can't neglect as the people of God. To abuse each other. The way that you see women treated out in the world. The way children are used. You, you can be as religious as you want. You can never shave your legs. Never have a tattoo. Don't put any hats and only listen to hymns. And, here, and here's what Charles Spurgeon has to say about those people. He was a preacher back in the 1800s. If your religion does not make you holy, it will damn you. It is simply painted pageantry to go to hell in. Why? Because those things can make you, can give you a false sense that you're right with God. I'm not right with God if I wear a cross or I don't wear a cross. That's not what matters to God if I listen to hip-hop or hymns. 
What matters to God is do I have a relationship with Him? Am I a radical lover of God? Do I walk with Him? And as we walk with God, He'll begin to pull all the junk out of your life. See, that's what true Christianity is. It's not about being perfect. In fact, it says in 1 John that if anybody says they don't have sin, that they're perfect, that they're a liar. It's not about pointing fingers at people. You know that in Isaiah 58, God said He hates that more than anything else. The accusing tongue and the pointing finger, that's not part of holiness. Holiness is the way that the people of God love each other and interact. How you treat your family. You know, when someone in this church comes and says, well, you know, I'm called to be a pastor. I want to be a minister. I'm called to lead a ministry. You know what I want to know? I don't care how much gifting you got or how much talent you got. Because if you're saying, I want to be a pastor or a minister or a leader, what you're saying is, I want to be an example to the people of God. I want to be an example of, of how to treat people. In other words, being a minister means... You look at the way I treat my wife, that's how you treat your wife. You look at the way I raise my kids, that's an example to you. See, that's ministry, that's leadership. It's not all about how good people sing or dance or or run a church or preach beautiful sermons. You know, one time I was impressed, I'm not anymore. You could ask Pastor George. I used to travel all over one place to the next place to hear this great sermon and that. Until I saw the ministers falling like dominoes, one after another. Because what they said didn't match up with the way that they lived their life. Say, I'd rather stay home in Sundays than to be in that environment. I'd rather watch reruns of American Idol than to be in an environment of hypocrisy. Remember I said there was just one last scripture? I can't believe you believed that. That's an old, old ministry trick. I think I learned it from Pastor George, too. Isn't that where I got that? You always say one more and then, oh. I'm going to skip ahead a few chapters, but don't tell Pastor George. So when he gets to to James chapter 4, make believe I never said this, so he could say it again. James 4 verse 8, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. See, that's what we call compromise. I'm half in the world and I'm half out of the world. I get as close to the line of sin as I can. Well, if the movie doesn't have too many nude scenes, can I still watch it and get closer and closer and closer? 
What does the Bible say? To avoid all sin. To avoid all evil. I believe that God is calling for radical holiness. And it tells us in Psalm 86 that King David prayed, God, give me an undivided heart. God, let me be who I am in church and out in the world. Don't let me put on a show. Don't let me be a fake But he said, God, give me a heart that's undivided, a heart that will stand for you alone. And in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Young people, guard your heart. Stop giving it away to just anyone. The devil has imposters and counterfeits out there, and they're after your heart. Oh, well, they're not that bad. That's compromise. Wait for the one that God has for you. Guard your heart against every kind of evil, because there's a world out there that's pulling at you. I don't care how old you are. It pulls at me. It pulls at my time, at my attention, at my heart. You know, every time I want to pray, there's always the world is calling me, pulling me away. Oh, the playoffs are starting in 10 minutes. It's pulling. It's pulling. It's calling. I got to fight. I got to battle. See, that's maturity. See, we're not going to be babies anymore. Toss, it says in James, toss back and forth by the waves of the wind. Oh, today I feel strong. I'll worship God. The next day I'm out carrying on, partying. You got to be this or that. That's Christianity 101. If you want another form of Christianity where you could come to church and feel good and live however you want, you're not going to find it here. And you know what happened to Jesus when he preached this stuff? That he had a whole bunch of disciples and followers. And you know what happened? The next thing he knew, they all walked away. We don't want that message. That's too hard. But that's the only message we got. There is no. What Bible are you reading? Unless you want to read the Hindu Bible that says you, you are God and you're your own God and you just do whatever you want. God is calling us to be cleansed and pure and holy, to live a life of righteousness. See, that's the goal of my heart. I'm far away from it. Don't let me fool you. I, I got a long way to go, but my only goal here on earth is to be every day more and more like Jesus, to love like He loved, to speak to people the way that He would. I, I don't want my heart to be divided between the world and God. 
And you know what that is? That's worship. The songs won't do you any good if in your heart you're not saying, God, I want to be holy like you are holy, God. So I'm going to ask Lee to come. And I'm going to ask if everyone could take out the piece of paper out of your bulletin. In all the bulletins, you should have a piece of paper. If you don't, then any scrap of paper. We have pens. We got everything you need. Because I just gave you some hard news. Let me give you some good news now. There's a God that loves you and accepts you. And the Bible says that if we confess our sins that He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. There's a God that says, come to me. His desire is to cleanse you. Not because He wants to rob you of your fun and good times. You know, the fact is, if you live for God, there are people who won't like you anymore. I've said this before, but I used to be a teacher and they used to have parties and invite every single teacher in the party except me. Because they didn't feel comfortable doing their stuff when, when, when there was a Christian around. Don't be surprised. You can give in to that and be a baby like we talked about. Wah, wah. See, I don't even need the tape. Oh, it's too hard. Oh, people don't like me. I'm losing my friends. Or you could say, I'm going to endure like a soldier. This is, this is what God's looking for. This is maturity. I'm going to endure. I'm going to stand up for God. If everybody else abandons Him, I'm still going to be left standing. I'll tell you that right now. You, every one of you could decide right now to walk out and say that you're not going to serve God anymore. This is too hard. This is whack. I'm not willing to pay the price. I don't, I want to be popular. And I'm still going to be standing here because I already determined in my heart that I'm willing to pay the cost, whatever it is. And see, you've got to make that same determination in you. If not, I don't care if thousands of people come in here and they got to tear down the building and go up a hundred floors. If you're not, if you're not willing to grow up, I, 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 I don't want to be part of that. I'd rather be in a hole somewhere with one person who's saying, I'll do whatever it takes. Wherever God calls me, I'm going to go. That's basic Christianity. What happens was in American Christianity, we pander to to the world. We don't want to offend anyone. I don't care if you're offended or not because this is me. This is the Word of God. This is the Bible. So you're not offended at me. And This is what I want to ask you to do right now. We're going to pray and ask God to reveal to you anything in your life, any place in your life 
where you, where you fall short of where God wants you to be. If I had to make a, I'm going to make a list too. It'll probably be longer than any of yours. I'm telling you. I'm not sitting here as like the holy man right now. I'm no better or different than anyone else. I struggle every day. Every day I find myself struggling with worry. The Bible says don't worry. That worry is a sin. And every morning I wake up and I have to battle that thing. I'll confess my sins right here. There's mercy for you. There's grace for you. See, there's a God that the Bible says his arms are wide open. But I want to begin to see you walk in the victory that God has for you. I want to see you become the overcomers. I want to see a change in your family and your marriage. Whatever those sins that God's showing you, maybe... Maybe you act in anger. Being angry is not a sin. But when we hurt people with our words or our anger, those are things that we want God to remove from us. It could be pornography. What's the big deal about pornography? What did Jesus say? Your eyes are the window to your soul. When you put those images in your head, it goes right down into your spirit. It'll mess you up. There's no one here condemning you. Whatever you've done, you're you're received. We love you. I love you with all my heart. Whatever you've done, there's nothing you could tell me that would shock me. I've heard it all. There's nothing that God won't forgive. But I don't want you to write down sins that you did from your past. That's done and over. God already forgot those. But if there's anything in your life right now, we're going to bring, I'm going to ask the ushers to help me. We got a big garbage can coming this way. And we're going to ask you, as Lee sings, just. As King David said, he said, search me, O God, and reveal to me any way in me that's not pleasing to you. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to, you're, God is going to begin to do a new thing in you. Because you know what sin does? It separates us from God. It separates us from his blessing, from his power, from his hand. In other words, we could pray for you and say, I bind the devil. And you know what the devil's going to tell me? You can't bind me. Me and him, we got a little thing going on the side. We want to get rid of everything in your life today that will hinder the blessing in your family, that would stop your financial blessing, your marriage from being blessed. So this is just between you and God. Do not write your name on the paper. And nobody's going to see it. As soon as you write it, you crumple it up as, as Lee sings. Um, before I sing, I just want to share 
You know, this, this word today is really, really prophetic in so many ways. Of course, the word of God is prophetic into our lives always. But this week, um, I went with a friend to pray for another friend who was really going through some things. And on our way to my friend's house, I was saying, Lord, you know, what, what is it? Like, give me foreknowledge. Give me understanding of what to pray for when I get there. And as I'm getting out of the car... I looked down, and on the ground, there was an index card. And on the index card, now it was like right when I opened up the door, and it caught my eye. And normally I wouldn't bend down to look at a piece of paper, but I don't know, you know, it was like the spirit was like, look, look. So I bend down real low, and in red, and if anyone, you know, has those Bibles, all of the words written in red are the words that Jesus spoke, right? So I looked down, and there were two words on the paper. The first word was plague, and the second one was blockade. And I kept staring at it, and I kept staring at it. And the friend didn't open her door, and so we left. And she called a little while later, and she said, oh, I'm here, I'm here, come back. Well, it just so happens that we ended up in the same exact parking spot. When I opened up the door, there was the index card again on the floor. I bent down again for the second time. And when God wants to speak a word, he repeats it to you. And, the, and then the word of the Lord came again to me. And so I look on the floor, and I'm like, okay, Lord. And when I went into the friend's house, she began sharing with us what she was going through. And she started saying, I've been depressed, and I don't understand this cycle that I'm going through. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to say to her. And the Lord quickened to me the paper that was on the floor. And he said to me, the plague is the sin. The plague is sin. And the blockade is when we can't let go of that sin. And when we won't believe or take God at his word that he shed his blood for us and that his mercy reigns over our lives to be able to move forward. And as I began to minister to her what I saw on this piece of paper on the floor, she just began to weep and weep and weep and weep. And she didn't even realize that this is why she was struggling with her walk with the Lord. And she couldn't get to that next place that she wanted to be and see growth in her life. And it was because she was holding on to religion. She was holding on to religiosity that says, oh, well, I'm not perfect. I can't move to the next level. You know, I can't get there because I have this sin in me. So I want to encourage you this morning as I sing this song, and as you write on your papers, just remember that your sin is covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen? You can come to his mercy seat. You can play the track. darkness where everything's unknown I face the power of sin on my own I did not know of a place I could go where I could find a way to heal my wounded Where? 
Amen. The Lord, every single one of you, the Lord wants you to know that your sins are forgiven, that he's washing you clean. God, God is proud of you because you're making a stand right now. Father, I just bless. I, I release blessing right now over these men and women of integrity. Father, we just thank you. We just bless you. God bless you for being bold today and being willing to take a stand. I I just thank God right now for every one of you here. Because I've spoken this message before and I've had people yelling back at me. Who are you to judge us? But I just thank God today for a church who desires to live a life pleasing to God. And this is how the Lord's showing me to close right now. I want to ask all the ministry leaders and all the pastors and their wives just to come up and just line up across, please, quickly. If you're the leader of a ministry, Bert and Alice can also come and stand. And Lee is going to sing this song again. But here's what the Lord showed me in closing. We want to, we're going to pray over you. We're not going to spend a lot of time. But just, just we want to just anoint each one just to mark you. As a servant of the living God. I, I just feel God's pleasure today over you. For some of you, it wasn't that easy to stand up in front of everyone and recommit yourself. We, we just want to mark you with the blessing of God. The Lord showed me that as they lay hands on you right now, that victory is going to be released over your household. Something's going to change today because that's what happens when we turn to God. He always shows a sign. So if, the, if everyone could stand right now and as Lee sings this song, I just want you to, that maybe some of the ushers back there could help. And as Lee sings that song again, I just want you to... Just release the blessing over each one of you. You're going to have the mark of God over you. And things are going to begin to turn around. Because as we pour our lives back to Him, that's His promise. That's His word. So I'm going to ask you to just begin to come forward and just receive the blessing. Just as you came forward before, let's just come and get anointed as Lee sings.
Come and be blessed.
Father, we thank you today, Lord God, for new beginnings, O oh God. We thank you, Lord God, for people, Lord God, that are more than conquerors. I decree over you that no weapon, no weapon that the enemy would try to form against your marriage, it will not work against your children. I break the power of it. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, that this is a church without compromise, O oh God. That this is a church, as it says in Psalm 24, those with clean hands and pure hearts that would come up your holy mountain, O oh God. That this is the generation of the upright, Lord God. Father, I thank you today for a true remnant of believers, Lord God who love you above all things, Lord. Our hearts, O oh God, are undivided, Lord. We love you with all our hearts and all our minds, with all our strength, with everything that's in us, O oh God. We will serve you, Lord. We will worship you, O oh God. And we just bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you need to leave, feel free to leave. If you're at the altars, just keep receiving prayer. If you want to come back, more prayer, something else. The, the, we're going to keep the altars open. Bless you.